We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast. I'm Pete, joined by Darius. And the Lakers win a fun one in their third preseason game of the year in a victory in Anaheim over the Sacramento Kings. The starters score 26 points in the first seven minutes and thoroughly outplay the Kings starters, despite the fact that Lakers starters did not have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Austin Reeves, along with Jared Vanderbilt and Cam Reddish being out. And so, D, the uh, shorthanded Lakers squad looked very good once again, particularly on the offensive end. What do you see in the Lakers win in Anaheim? I wrote about this at Lakers.com, but just a really strong performance from the guards. D'Lo has been great. Even before tonight, he had been great. And tonight, I thought that he really took up the mantle for the team in terms of like just leadership and general, like being a real floor general. 21 points and eight assists. He led the Lakers in both categories. He really just sort of set the tone for the team in terms of the pace that he played with. That was countered by Gabe Vincent, who was tremendous as well. Played with trademark toughness and moxie and, and just that general shot making that um, he has not shown yet this preseason, but came alive in in this game against the Kings. I think you're spot on about the Lakers offense being sort of the star of the show, but 109 points isn't some crazy amount. Honestly, yeah, it, it was just the starters, right? It was. It's that's yes. been one of the themes throughout the preseason. Is there's kind of a stark co- contrast so far between the starters and the bench. Yeah, and look, this is the third game of the preseason. LeBron has played in one game. AD sat out tonight as well, along with Austin. The Lakers did not have their full complement of guys, and I actually thought that this was a more focused game defensively than what we've seen. Yeah to this point during the preseason. The Kings played most of their main guys. The only guy who didn't play tonight was Keegan Murray. And most of the main guys, I don't want to say they played their normal rotation, but for the first half, they mostly did. 
And even in the third quarter, those same guys played in the third as well. And the Lakers held the Kings to 101 points. They shot 39.4% from the field, 15 for 50 from behind the arc. Now, some of that was the Kings just missing shots. Um, but they made some open ones too. And I felt like when they were open, they went in. And so I thought the Lakers did a pretty good job of like fighting through screens and rotating the shooters and really making it a point of emphasis to um, play hard on that end of the floor. I'm guessing this was a point of emphasis for Darvin between last game and this game because that same effort was not there with those bench units like in the second half of the last game. So even though the Lakers won, they had like given up the rope in a lot of ways and it was Mm -hmm. the rookies who held on at the end. So I just thought this was one of the better balanced games the team played as as a whole, which serves as a good stepping stone for the team considering the guys who sat out. Yeah, I think we're seeing kind of the shell of a really high-level offense. And so I think most of the questions about this team are going to be on the defensive end. And seeing that kind of performance against a lot of high-end players, particularly on the perimeter, was really encouraging. Um, Max Christie did not have a good game on the offensive end. And I think that the Kings play a level of ball pressure that's different than the first couple of games that bothered him a little bit that I think is going to be something that's going to be one of the storylines with Max is how he handles those teams that kind of turn it up a little bit on the perimeter. But defensively, he had some possessions against Malik Monk, man, where I was like, because Monk is is such a threat as a scorer because he can both blow past you and if you give him too much space, it's you know a pull-up jumper. And Max was staying with him, riding his shoulder, using his size and length to bother him. Um, and so just seeing that flash of high-end defensive potential, I was really encouraged by. Jackson Hayes, I thought, held his own. He got the start at the, at the five spot. And he lost some strength battles to Sabonis, you know, where yeah. – you know, he's trying Hayes is trying to kind of hedge on a guard and then recover back to him. And Hayes will reach a little too much. Um, but nonetheless, I thought that he had a strong like defensive performance that wasn't just like, you know, switch out to a guy on the perimeter and, you know, just guard him. But he's actually making reads as a five. You know, I thought he played well there. D'Angelo Russell as a defender, you know, has become a very good help defender. So he's a guy that's been getting a lot of deflections as a stunt guy or as a, as a dig guy where he's one pass away and he kind of helps on the ball, but, you know, goes back to his man and his, his like, I think the ongoing theme with D'Lo on both ends of the floor is just how well he knows what is about to happen on both ends of the floor and anticipates and acts upon that. He dominated that first half on the offensive end without making a three. And it was just really understanding how to get to the basket where the – areas of attack are. And if, if Mike were here, he'd be talking about how Sacramento is vulnerable on the interior. And guess what? D'Angelo Russell got all the way to the basket repeatedly. And then when they collapse the defense, he's spraying the ball out to the weak side, right in a shooter's shot pocket, just total control from him. So between that, between him and then, like you said, the defense, just an encouraging night for sure. Yeah. I thought Russell made a great read to get a steal helping off of Herder from weak side corner and just disrupting an interior pass that should have been open, but D'Lo sniffed it out and he got the tap tap away to, to create a turnover. Um, I just thought in general, man, the team, 
this was the most composed game the team played of of the preseason and the fact that they were so shorthanded and down so many of their like usage guys it it allowed Delo and Gabe and to um a bit of a lesser extent Rui and even Wood to sort of take on more usage and really show what they were capable of. I, I also thought it was um, a second straight really good game from Torian Prince. Um, Three-level scorer, Torian Prince, who knew, right? couple of mid-range shots, um, attacking closeouts, getting to the basket. We know that he can do that. And proving to be quite comfortable shooting contested jumpers, mm-hmm. that's the type of shot that if he can make that shot at a mid thirties rate, then the open ones are going to go in at a much higher rate than that. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of player that when you combine that with seven rebounds, showing a little bit more activity on the glass and, and just being his, his um, usual good team team defender. The Kings didn't have a lot of guys that could have, that could attack him as like an isolation, like, Oh, you've got to hold up against an elite wing guy, but he's doing his job defensively. He hit the backboards today. Just another good showing from Prince. So just a lot of encouraging stuff from up and down the roster. I even thought the way that the young guys held on at the end and sort of like pushed it out when there was a stretch where it was, um, Four rookies, so it was it was JHS, um, Castleton, Maxwell Lewis, Fudge, and um, I think Des Moines was in the game at that point too. Oh, sorry, it wasn't Fudge then. It was Max and it was Hodge. Right, right. So it was four rookies and Max, and they're out there against a lineup that had Davion Mitchell and Malik Monk Trey and Lyles. JaVale McGee. And uh, Trey Lyles, I think, was in the game at that point. These are like NBA players, man, rotation level guys. Um, And that group pushed the lead out. I think it went from like eight or nine back up to 14 or 15. And and Mm -hmm. then at that point, things got a little bit sloppier after that but even that was encouraging to me the way that the young guys basically were just like we know what we're doing on both sides Mm -hmm. of the ball um maxwell lewis had another good defensive possession against malik monk as well he got switched on on to monk and blocked the jumper that deflected it and made it fall short they were rotating they were defending they were trying to get out out in transition just to um just a up and down, like up and down the roster, just a really good, good performance. Like I know we've talked a lot of positives, but they just beat a Kings team that while this wasn't necessarily a dress rehearsal game, Pete, like they did play their main guys. They and did. so to me, that's what you could say, like, oh, it's, it's just a preseason. And yeah, like it is just a preseason, but I like what I saw. We played this Kings team last preseason a couple of times and including the last game and we got absolutely dog walked. And they got that was a bunch of times. That was a, uh, you know, 
a harbinger of what was to come in the regular season. And who's to know, you know, if that's the case also here, but it's certainly the, I think the G league guys playing like that are sort of a, a symptom in a positive way of a bigger thing that's being built, right? Is that there's a, a system, a program, a way that they, they play and principles that adhere from LeBron James all the way down to the, the E10 guys. And so uh, let's take a break here. Let's come back, talk more about what that looks like. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So the uh, the second start in a row for Torian Prince, you know, with a bunch of guys out, but his fit within that group um, is is really clean, especially in a with D'Lo leading the way, and that increases with Austin and and LeBron in the picture. So we've had a lot of discussions about the starting group, and Prince was not a guy who came up in those in those discussions. But after two games of watching it, I'm I'm like, I think this is the way. I think this is the group, and that he's the fifth guy. Yeah, I'm not all the way there yet, but it's sure. just like I am moving closer in that direction. He is making his his case and Vando being out um, this game. And it's like, look, this guy is earning minutes. We know that Rui is going to um, get his allotment of of minutes. And I want to talk about Rui soon, mm-hmm. too. We haven't talked a but, ton about um, him, yeah. But... Prince is just showing like he's a capable dude. Like, I don't know if I said this on the pod, um, but I know I said it offline to to both you and Mike. Shout out Mike, by the way. Yeah. Um, he got a shout out 
from the announcing crew. Prince reminds me a little bit of like, he's like the Rick Fox, Devin George type. Like mm-hmm. he is, he's better than George. I think he's like not quite as good as Fox. Right. Um, I like Fox a little bit better who had a little bit better feels a passer and um, stronger more sort player. of defensive yeah. toughness and yeah. stronger, right? Prince is proving to be sort of that fifth starter that is just reliable and does a lot of things well. Like, I don't know if you caught his media availability. I'm sure that you did, but this wasn't after the game. I'm talking about after practice, probably yesterday, because I don't think they had a shoot around today. But he got asked about being a starter and he's like, yeah, you know, started a bunch in the early part of my career and then moved to a bench role. And then last few years, I've been a starter again. I'm used to starting. My team has a good record when when I start. It was sort of like him just sort of like <laughs> stating the resume sure. of, of who he is as, as a player. But he is sort of this seamless fit as a guy who knows his job, can hit shots, isn't going to kill you defensively um and in some and in some cases can be a plus defender if his ask is in his wheelhouse right Right. now if the ask is outside of his wheelhouse which we haven't seen too much of yet this this preseason i think we got a taste of that in the first game where he like oh here's andrew wiggins attacking him and it's just like okay this dude is too much athlete for you or here's um jonathan kaminga who's just sort of like attacking you and spinning and bumping you off and it's just like oh there there's a foul like there's a caliber of dude who's going to be too much for like for prince but there's a lot of guys in this league where it's just like oh he can guard him and if he's going to shoot the ball this way and attack closeouts and basically make the right decision a lot of times he's a super capable player and i can see why you're like this is the way because the way that it looks with this guy it's like hey look at him he's he's doing all the right things most of the time on the defensive end the your point about guys being able to go through him or maybe being too much athlete for him i think that this is where ad comes into play and is really helpful and i i I really like the idea of AD playing with all three guys, like at the one, two, three. If you're going to have that type of setup, having a shot blocker at the rim behind them is super helpful because it's hard to both physically overwhelm a player and get a clean look at the rim if a help help defender is going to rotate over there. And so when we were watching that game against Golden State, where he was having problems with Wiggins and Kaminga in particular, there isn't that guy behind him, right, at the rim. And I think we saw this principle play out in the Western Conference Finals, where remember in game one, it was like, oh, Rui on Jokic, it's it's this revelation, right? But the reason why it was helpful, it, it was is that it was Rui plus AD in a way that if you have AD on him, there's nobody that simulated simulated AD behind him. And so Rui's job was to kind of hold the ground and then AD could come over roaming off of Aaron Gordon to try to combine on onto Jokic. And it was one of the the best defensive looks that we had in that series. That was just the one five-man group that kind of worked, right? Um, and so Building off of that same idea, I do think that having that I, I've had that nervousness that like 
guys can attack Austin in that way. We saw that at FIBA, right? Guys can attack, yeah. attack D'Lo in this way. Guys can attack Prince this way. At the very least, if you have that shared kind of weakness on the perimeter, it's essential that you have that guy behind him. And so in some ways, it's kind of smart to have all those guys start at the same time rather than be in a bench group where a lot of times those are going to be layups instead. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see again if there there's there's a team there's an elixir as a team defensively, right? And you want the right balance. And I understand what you're talking about in terms of having the right like okay, we'll put them all in there together and then let AD sort sort of be the guy who is best at at helping them. And in some ways, saving them. Right. And even to a certain extent, even asking those guys, well, OK, we'll use your physical tools, play up on guys, use like They've your collective length. size They've and length and, arms, yep. and really try to bother guys. And if they get by you, then they get by you. AD is going to come and and help. That's like one of the things that has stood out to me. Um with like Christian Wood, for example, like he is like challenging shots at the rim, but he's almost always late with his rotation mm-hmm. and he's not contesting well enough back there, even though he's got decent size, he's just not showing the verve to sort of be there early where he could mm-hmm. leverage his size. Hayes is a different sort of athlete, and I think that he can bother more shots there, but he's also not necessarily stepping up early, and his asks are a little bit different mm-hmm. defensively as well. And so I understand what you're saying, like, hey, well, these guys need this certain type of protection, and AD's the guy that can give it. Um mm-hmm. I also worry, though, that if you put too many of the same things in one group, then oh, yeah. it's just like, OK, well, now all of these guys are susceptible and it's just like AD can't be everywhere. He That's can't right. help everyone. And it's just like like you got to support AD, too, in certain ways. And, and um, you might be leaving a lot left to like LeBron to do some of that supporting of of AD, which is not the sort of ask we always want to put on LeBron because we want to support LeBron too in ways that don't have to be supported by by AD. So like I said, there's there's this elixir in this balance that, mm-hmm. that you're trying trying to find. I think some of the matchups have gone Prince's way and he is like excelled mm-hmm. at this. Um, but I also don't want to act as though he is this universal tool that is going to work against all of these different matchups. Um, He worked well in these ones and it was great to see him play well when things did sort sort of fit into the groove for him. Yeah, very, very much so. And I think that building out that, that elixir, the, the team is further along than I expected them to be quite frankly, at this point in terms of, of that respect. And so uh, you brought wood up. I wanted to, uh, I I wanted to bring him bring him up just in a, a very specific context in that he's a really good rebounder. That's something that stood out in <laughs> over the course of the first few games. And there have been a few few possessions where and he's you know he's talking about in his post games like hey I'm I'm rusty I'm kind of knocking it off. We've seen him go on these like mini runs, and so he, I think he had 13 points tonight. He had, a, I thought he had a solid game tonight. But in terms of like, where is this guy going to be like most helpful? There have been some possessions where like one big guy kind of you know has to lunge at a shooter. Say we we switched or something like that, and the big gets pulled out to the perimeter, and then Wood is kind of like the second wave big guy that comes in and yeah. like he rebounds 
with both hands really high and he's he's grabbed down like a lot of contested ones and so would to me like I, I was wondering like where does he fit the first couple of games and i i feel like the first glimpses of of like kind of how it would work are, are starting to come into shape in that i think he's going to be at his best in those two big lineups yes yes i totally agree i like he's a guy who offensively he fits next to any other big you have on the roster, like whether it's AD or or it's Hayes. Um, and defensively, while he, you don't necessarily want him like being the second line rim protector, because like I said, he's just been late like a lot or not necessarily um, showing the type of force at the basket that you probably want. Um, but he has been really good on the glass. And one of the things that he does is he keeps guys, he keeps guys on his hip. Even if he's not necessarily like boxing guys out, he finds a way to position his body between the ball and his van. And then he's going up and he is like grabbing it with two hands and then keeping it away from like the other guy. And it's like, a classic rebounding technique here. And it doesn't always look pretty, but he is in there cleaning up the glass. And this is going to be super important for any group that has wood in it. It's like, if you're not necessarily going to get the initial stop because he's being this like overly dominant defender and he's not going, going to be, well then he needs to contribute somewhere defensively. Mm. And on the backboards, is a it's good, a good place. place to start. Yep. Yeah, it's a good place to start because they're going to need that support, man. Like, and what one thing that I'll be interested to see is who then are the wings and the perimeter guys that are in those lineups as well. Like LeBron has played in one game and they did have a stretch in the game that LeBron played where it was LeBron, AD, and Wood. And I'm interested to see if that's a thing that can actually happen and work during the regular season because that's the sort of group where teams are not going to have the athletes in the front court mm -hmm. to deal with that specific trio, just like they didn't have the athletes for LeBron, AD, and Rui. That's right. And I would throw Vando into that group too. I think that Vando and Wood have a high potential to kind of complement each other and that Wood's ability to space the floor neutralizes some of uh, the weaknesses that Vando has. Obviously, we hope that Vando hits all them open corner threes that he gets, but the more lineups sure. where he can also, you know, fake a handoff and go to the basket or be a role man or something like that, the better. And Wood is the guy that provides the requisite spacing for that to happen. And so, like you said, with that like kind of size and athleticism i think that that vando or lebron or or, uh, or rui at the three especially vando and lebron i i think are really complimentary to him there so let's take a break when we come back let's talk some rui yeah so rui has uh in in the text thread you know we do our play-by-play -play and we're just fans we always try to preserve that and for as well as Rui is shot and he's hit some cold shots this uh preseason already the one of the more common uh texts in the thread right now is like hey Rui pass the ball man you know yeah. <laughs> yes. and, and so I like I agree to a point 
there's also like this is who Rui is and him kind of becoming the fully realized like I am going to be super aggressive and in the context of this really talented team like that's going to be really difficult to stop I I I feel like that progression for Rui is kind of down the line but talk to me about what you've seen from him because this it's not coming out of nowhere either no, well, today it sort of clicked for me in this game because he mm. hit a couple of shots and I was just like, well, this dude, yeah, I don't want to take, a, I don't want this exactly. dude thinking at all. Exactly. Like, I want this dude being like, oh, ball, I got it, bucket, go get it, right? Like, like just simple, yes, straightforward. Sir. And Mike has talked a fair amount about Rui playing on an island. Well, sometimes it's just like, all right, well then take your jet ski out there, brother, and get us, yeah. <laughs> go out to the island and do your thing and go cook. Because the confidence that he's playing with right now as an offensive player is something to see. Now, is he going to average 15, 16, 17 points? Who knows? But he's shooting the three ball with confidence. And he is, every time that, he's, that he has the ball, he is looking to attack and leverage his physical skills over the guy that's in front of him. And some guys are built to match up with him better than others, but there's not too many guys, particularly in some of the lineups that that the Lakers can throw out, where that guy who is probably best equipped to guard Rui is actually going to be guarding Rui. And so it's like, even a guy like Harrison Barnes, Rui took it to Barnes a couple of times. And it's just like, I'm just stronger than you and i'm younger than you like i'm in my physical prime and i'm gonna attack you and if there's a guard on him it's like these guards have no chance if he's gonna just post post them up and and so i'm not saying it wouldn't be nice to see him sprinkle in like a swing swing every now now and then because if it gets swung to him that second swing is not happening right (laughs) right but the flip side of that is is like i don't want to take his confidence away yeah. and I don't want him overthinking the game. And right now things are looking easy for him and he is making difficult things look like I can do these offensively. And that's a great weapon to have, man, when you're talking about an athlete of his stature and size and quickness and just all the tools that he has. One of the very best Lakers analysts in my mind is James Worthy in the Post game show, and he's he's always got these great insights, both historical and from the the player perspective, and really just keeps up with the game in a way that I think um, that he he kind of marries that with his his knowledge, and it cracks me up because every time Rui comes up, he's like, "I'm sorry, I know I've said this so many times, but he reminds me so much of Kawhi Leonard," and he always qualifies it like Kawhi's one of the you know yeah. top players, but the his physical build and and how he plays and there's an aspect of that that kind of cracks me up about Rui that I also find similar about Kawhi and that when he's in a certain sequence right like say somebody closes out to him and he's gonna drive to his right and he knows he's gonna hit the one dribble pull up like he's not really really playing against the people across from him he's playing like he goes into this like you know sequence activated and i'm going to do this and he like there was one play where he was just like looking through sabonis on on one play where that that he scored on and so there's it it can be 
robotic if it's bad, if he makes the wrong decision or something like that. But he's making the right decision more and more often in a way where that is where a player truly masters basketball is when like the other team isn't really out there. It's more like, oh, whatever scenario they choose to present to me, I'm going to be able to to beat it. And he's got some still left to conquer, right? A lot of the drive and kick, for example, there was one play in the first game where he got to the basket and they legit triple teamed him and he tried to, you know, up and under lefty, mm-hmm. just didn't didn't draw, uh, draw iron. But he's, man, on the off-ball situations and on the ones where like – advantage is created for him or you know he's put in a spot to succeed man he's just not even seeing the guys across from him and just producing out of that well it's like you know like you played chess right and i've been playing a little bit of chess myself lately and and i watch chess videos and i and i watch these guys break like break down the game but like if you think about the evolution of chess over the last 20 years the ideas of what works it's almost all now engine based what does that mean studying as someone who's been out of it for 25 30 years (laughs) so the top players now they have prep that is basically all based off of like computers like they run they run lines of what the what the proper sequences are based off of responses based off of what Mm -hmm. the computer says are like the best lines and so when they come to the board the best people who play chess they already have this innate memory, right? This ability to understand like what the theory is and how how based off of the position of all of the pieces on the board, like what's going to expose you based off of putting you into a sequence. And so when you were talking about Rui, it's like he he is seeing all of this engine prep in his head. He is seeing mm-hmm. like, okay, well, this is all th- like you'll hear people talk and they'll say like, oh, well, this is all theory when we're talking about chess, because literally, if you follow the engine moves, you can go 15, 20, 30 moves in like into a sequence. And you'll get to the point where it's just like, well, this is all theory, because these games have been played and this position's been reached mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds or thousands of times That's based right. off the fact that it's like, okay, well, I move this pawn and you move that pawn and then I move this knight and you move this and and on and on and on. And the sequence just builds on itself and it's all computer based. And that's what Rui is doing out there. It's, it's, it's just like, oh, well, like swing, swing, the ball's to me. You're a little bit fade, like you're shading me a little bit this way. The right play is to get to my right hand. I'm going to like do one dribble, crossover left, one dribble, pull up to, to my right. And like, I'm open and yep. that's the shot. And it's just like the guy who's guarding me actually doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. He's playing, he is not playing the defender. He is playing the sequence, right? And and it's just interesting to see him confident knowing that this is like, this is what the read is based off of the situation that I'm placed in. And so even some of these threes that he's taking, it's just like, these were not shots he was taking last year after the trade they were shots he started to take during the playoff run but not right right after the trade and it's like okay well the ball is swung to me the defender is two steps off the right the right play right here is to actually shoot this with confidence right Mm -hmm. now because i'm the open player if i swing it on 
It's just going to flow into something else that actually may not generate a better shot than the shot that I'm about to take if I'm going to be a 38% three-point shooter, which I have all the confidence in the world that I can be because this is the part of my game I've been working on the entire summer while working out with LeBron James, right? And and so there, there's all of this context now that he is carrying with him every single time he steps on the court. And that's why when I said earlier to you that it sort of clicked for me with him Mm -hmm. watching him in this game, that's what I mean. It's just like, it was all sort of this, this realization of like, Oh, well this is the actualized version of, of him based off of the work that he's done this summer. And is he going to shoot 50% from, from the field and 40% from three, like basically he has during the preseason for the entire season. Probably not. That said, the way that he's going to is playing this exact style yep. with this exact com- confidence with all of this set up for him, the, the, the way that, that, that it has. So I don't want to strip that away either, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's cool to see a player's summer of work, you know, start to manifest itself in games, which is why I think the, like that swing, swing that you're looking for, I think that's down the road, right? I think this needs to happen first before we get to that point. And I, you know, I I hope he keeps doing what he's doing. Uh, Fun one tonight uh, in Anaheim against the Kings Uh, Lakers return on Friday. We will be back on Friday morning to uh, talk more Lakers, but until then you've been listening to Laker film room podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Rebound is lining. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Good. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, missing. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.